0: Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of GORCOM, which we take the time to speak with small-cap executives about what's going on at their companies. With us today, I'm happy to have him for the first time, Todd Shapiro. He's CEO and Director of Red Light Holland. He trades on the CSC under the stock symbol T-R-I-P, TRIP, amazing stock symbol. For those of you who knew the story, that's going to be a lot of you because there are a recent listing uh, on the CSC. Red Light is a psychedelics company focused on the development of premium magic truffles in the Netherlands, more than just lip service, in order to help to guide the company's development, uh, they've, they've signed former Canopy Growth uh, CEO Bruce Linton as chair of the advisory board and former Canadian health minister Tori, Tony Clement as senior advisor. The company's recreational brand of magic truffles are expected to be sold in the Netherlands through existing smart shops as well as e-commerce platform, and growth has already commenced months months ahead of schedule with 100,000 grams of magic truffles expected to be available in October. Todd, welcome to the show. Hey, George, thanks for having me, man. Great to have you because psychedelics is the new thing and you guys are doing amazing stuff. So who better than to talk about it than with you. Before we get uh, into the business of Red Light Holland, let's talk a little bit about psychedelics, right? Up until, you know, a year ago, they had that stigma for anybody over the age of 35 or 40. Psychedelics were a recreational drug, you know, wild child stuff. Um, But what's the reality? Why are psychedelics now making a resurgence? Yeah, I
1: think the reality is, George, is that when it comes in, listen, our focus is psilocybin. So that's the one that I understand the best and the one that our company is is obviously behind with our magic truffles in the Netherlands, where we can do that in that jurisdiction and sell them through smart shops. You started to hear a lot of news stories about psychedelics. And I want to be very careful to say Red Light Holland, we didn't just rush to a trend. We really took our time behind the scenes to grow this company carefully, to raise our capital. It wasn't just to like jump in because it was a trend. It was to jump in because it's a a personal passion of mine. And I think to answer your question as to why did people start to talk about psychedelics again? Listen, when it came to psilocybin and it comes to microdosing, which is something that we're specializing in, Most people were talking about microdosing in really positive ways. When I say most, I mean like 99.9% of people Sure. from Silicon Valley all the way over to Bay Street to Wall Street to creative arts communities. Microdosing has just been a thing And, and people are doing it and they're doing it illegally, quite frankly, but they are doing it proudly and they're doing it proudly because they feel that is anecdotally helping them with focus. controlling their anxiety with a natural fungi plant-based medicine or recreational product and they're doing it because they feel like it's truly helping them and that's anecdotal study over study over study this is what we're learning about and i think That social movements are so powerful these days, and we saw it in the cannabis communities where people wanted and demanded cannabis to become legal, and it is in Canada now, as we all know. It is in a couple of other nations, and well, more than a couple other, and in the states, we'll see what happens soon. But we think that psilocybin is going to go the same route, meaning that people are demanding. People are doing it anyway. There's less government crackdowns. People are speaking of it in such positive ways. And quite honestly, anecdotally, I can tell you that I speak about it in a very honest and, 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 and proud way as well. Um, and I think it's a really, really an, an, a neat place in time right now where people's stigmas are gone when it comes to stuff. And if anything, the stigmas are going to the opioid crisis is the big pharma companies, the prescription pills, the synthetics. And, uh, you know, I think people don't want, they don't want someone in their family being addicted to something that is actually destroying lives. Like we saw with the opioid crisis, they'd rather try and get some more natural products out there.
0: I got to tell you what's amazing. What I've discovered in the last two months are two of my clients have personal experiences with microdosing. uh, one for anxiety, one for the uh, inability to sleep, a little bit of depression. And they're saying that they're getting amazing results from it. So is this more, you know, cannabis was looked at, you know, people want to get high. They've been at Queens Park and, and, you know, and smoking weed and they're looking forward to that. Do you think it's going to have greater therapeutic benefit in the long run or greater from the recreational side, or is it a bit of both?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good question you ask. And truthfully, it's hard for me to make medical claims at this point. We do have a science division within Red Light Holland that's called Scarlet Lily, named actually after my daughter and our president's daughter uh, in in the Netherlands. And and Scarlet Lily will sort of put some efforts into the research, science, medical, uh, and innovation side of psilocybin to be able to say what you just kind of said. Anecdotally, I can tell you that I don't think we can compare it to cannabis. I think it's dangerous to group drugs. I think it's dangerous to group alcohol with cannabis. I think it's dangerous to you know, group cannabis with, with psilocybin. And I think it's dangerous to, to group even all the psychedelic drugs together as well. Uh, each and every one is individual. And I think individuals okay. need to be educated and informed on all of them. And our strategy is to educate, inform, and to be able to share in these experiences that we're speaking of, that you're speaking of, and be able to sell a product Legally in the Netherlands in a microdose
0: fashion. I want to continue uh, a bit of what you said earlier, theme earlier is you guys didn't get in this because of some kind of trend. It's not a fast buck, quick thing. You guys are really serious about that. And there, look, that's words you'd expect from almost any CEO, right? Playing devil's advocate. But there are two things about Red Light Home that stick out. First, it's production and your team. So let's talk about production first. You've already started, you're ahead of schedule. Uh, And it looks like 100,000 grams are going to be available uh, for October 2020. What does that mean in terms of commercializing and how fast you're going to be able to sell uh, that kind of quantity?
1: Yeah, there's two uh, things here that we're really focusing on. One, we partnered with a company to get microdose packs on shelves. We're anticipating actually in mid-September. So again, there could wow. always be delays. Uh, there could always be packaging delays. I wanna make sure very clear that that's not a guaranteed date, but that's what we're anticipating. We press release that, we've announced that. So we have 10,000 units that uh, you know, are ordered. We're working with a, a very reputable company within the Netherlands called VicSmart. And we're so excited to say that those products will be on shelves. We have distribution in three stores right now and smart shops. We're working clearly on other distribution channels to make sure that those products will be sold. And we're also working on building our e-commerce platform that will be launched right along the time we have our product. We also expedited our own growth. So we sourced out substrates. To be able to expedite that process and what's really exciting about that is yes we are growing currently a hundred thousand grams of truffles in three different strains wow. and we look forward to not only um you know packaging those ourselves but we also will do some internal testing we'll We'll be able to see you know, which, which brand, maybe we create a different brand with a different strain. If it's you know, Mexica, a different strain, if it's Mexicana, uh, does that impact you in a different way? So we're really careful on how we're gonna go and use those first 100,000 grams that we're personally growing. But one thing I can tell you is that we've partnered with a company to expedite the 10,000 units that definitely are being done. And again, anticipated release on stores and
0: on, on, online
1: in mid-September.
0: Let me ask you a question. How did you how did you even create that partnership to get on the shelves? What's the differentiator about your product? Because I'm going to have to assume in the Netherlands, competition is probably pretty fierce, and yet well, you're if, able to get on the shelves. Looks like you're going to be there by September. What's the differentiator on, on the quality of your product?
1: Yeah, we were very lucky. So I had traveled to the Netherlands in February and met with our president in Horst, in a town called Horst, which is about an hour and a half south of the Netherlands, uh, sorry, of an hour and a half south of, of Amsterdam. right? And and that's where our facility is and that's what the town he's from. Um, and then when we were there, we reached out and made a lot of connections. We're very transparent as a company. We're very open. We went to whether it's competitors or pioneers, and we, we came to them and said, this is what we plan on doing. And what our differentiator is though, is, is the, and look, if you look in the background here, uh, somewhere over there, Yep. It's our microdosing. So one of the things that's not done and not really focused on in terms of being marketed and there's only very few products within the Netherlands when it comes to magic truffles are microdosing. And the reason why we wanted to pursue the microdose angle is because we wanted to be corporately responsible from day one. We wanted to make sure that people were using uh, you know, a regulated use. Again, we got to be careful on disclaimers and how we label the package, et cetera. But one thing we definitely don't want is people to go and get you know, have these, you know, in-depth experiences with say you can buy them in 25, 30 grand packs right now, that's a lot for people to handle. And, and that's sort of more of a guided therapy uh, kind of, I think, I think importance uh, message that people should know. For us, we thought with the microdosing angle uh, and, and, and not even an angle with, you know, producing microdose packages, that anecdotally study after study after study are showing that these benefits, I can't make those claims yet, but we think it's a very responsible way to use this recreational product. Meaning that we wanna be able to hopefully help people with focus, maybe with anxiety, uh, maybe with some of their symptoms. Again, I can't make those claims and we're gonna see and get anecdotal studies from those that buy our products and use it in a good way that we think it won't be you know, uh, risky at all if you were to take a massive pack and then go and explore the Netherlands as a tourist. We also want repeat use. And and one of the things that you learn, and if you read about microdosing, which I've been really doing deep dives on over the last couple of years, is that people use repeat use of the packs. So that obviously creates more revenues for a company that say some individual might only go get tripped out, so to speak, on a 30 gram pack once a year when they visit the spot and then do it again with their buddies. Here, if people like the product, use it responsibly, they might want to buy it one a month, maybe two a month, maybe 10 units a year. Uh, And that way you can have less of a customer base and but more revenues and more sales. And the other thing we're doing back to that responsible use as a company, you'll see the big screenshot of a VR virtual reality headset behind us. We're currently developing, George, a virtual reality experience with a company called Radix Motion that will put your mind into the space of a microdose. And those will be hand it out as headsets or hopefully online. We're figuring out how we can do it online if you're buying through an online store as well. So you can actually experience it before you use it. And if you don't like it, you shouldn't buy our product. We want to make sure that we're totally being responsible to the end consumer wow. and that we can be, yeah, because we want everyone to be safe with this stuff.
0: Because I was wondering, you know, I was wondering how does virtual reality tie into psilocybin? So you're telling me the idea of the virtual reality headsets is, before i take uh, any of your product uh virtually just to get an idea of what the experience will be and if i don't like it take off the headset say guys i don't want to be a customer i'm out or if i like it I, uh, that's fantastic has anybody done that before because i've never heard of this kind of a pre-buy experience ever to the best of my
1: knowledge i've never seen anyone do this And again, for me, it's all about corporate governance, corporate responsibility, and and self-regulatory. And the reason why I want to be self-regulatory is because then when I one day go and pitch to other governments to say, hey, here's why a product like ours should be able to be in your country, is because look how we've treated it from day one. We didn't want anyone to abuse it. We didn't want anyone to misuse it. And we wanted to be able to be a part of the process that's self-regulating, which we know you'll do one day if you open up markets, much like cannabis does with only 10 milligrams in an edible you know, through Ontario. At, at cannabis stores uh, well, so and and yeah we think it's very responsible and it's very neat let's be honest putting on the headset getting in the in the mind of a microdose and it can be educational and if anything we can also potentially collect data from that too in people's experiences which leads to sort of a digital medicine aspect of it
0: look as a guy who's had very 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 limited ex- uh, exposure to cannabis in his lifetime and zero exposure to psychedelics or psilocybin in your case uh, I find something like that extremely fascinating and valuable at the end of the day. So I think it's genius. Uh, I can't wait till we speak more another time about, you know, how you guys get that experience down, how do you replicate that? But uh, there's obviously great science behind it. And, and I think that's genius. I was going to go into your team, but you have brought up a couple of times. So I'm going to skip and come back to that. You have brought up expansion to other markets in other countries. Let's talk about that. What's the legal landscape uh, for psilocybin and, and other psychedelics right now across the world? I'm, uh, I don't think it's not legal in Canada, United States, or, or or are some legal? Explain to us what the legal situation is and where do you think it's going over the next 12, 24 months.
1: Sure, and I think what's important to talk about is where we are right now in the Netherlands and how it can be consumed, just not to mislead anybody. The only way you can consume a truffle right now is in its raw, natural, unprocessed form. So you can't extract it, you can't grind it, you can't put it in a drink form. It's gotta be uh, used in its raw form, sort of viewed as a stimulant, if anything. And, and that's how we're packaging it in the microdose. In other countries and some countries that we're exploring outside of the Netherlands, they have similar laws and rules, but we don't have legal opinions yet on those countries. We do in the Netherlands. So we are exploring carefully other countries and other market expansion for opportunities. With that being said, we're also being very careful. We wanna make sure that people love our product in the Netherlands. We don't wanna go too big too soon and we saw that big mistake with a lot of cannabis companies where they thought they could go and tackle Europe when they hadn't even tackled a province. They thought they could open up 15 or 20 stores when you know what, maybe you should have focused on one or two. People tried to predict a huge market in cannabis that wasn't quite there, which is why a lot of the companies today are bankrupt because they burnt through a lot of their cash. So we'd rather see a path to profitability, a road to revenues here. Look closely at the Netherlands market, study it. Uh, you know, hopefully that can be the first gravy train for us to then explore other markets uh, as opposed to dilution and maybe potentially having to raise more money, not to say that that won't ever be done, but let's study this market and then expand from there. But we will look into co- uh, countries just so you know, Brazil's got interesting rules that we're, di- we're digging into, Bulgaria, Jamaica. So, so we just want to make sure that we can go there. And, and listen, if there's an opportunity to expand quicker than later, uh, you know, sooner than, rather than later, we will.
0: Have you heard anything about the legislative landscape for Canada and or the United States? Is there any talk about uh, psychedelics and psilocybin right now or is it still premature? I'm just curious. Well, Canada had the big announcement by our health minister
1: just a couple of weeks, about a week ago, I guess, um, to talk about how, which is a really beautiful, compassionate uh, case that our government has has supported here to help end of care, uh, you know, terminally ill patients. And they approved for four of them to use magic mushrooms. And, and you know, I, I just want to be careful first because I'm just so happy for those individuals. It's obviously a way that the four individuals feel like they can, you know, live out their remaining days uh, in a way that's more positive and, and, and you know, less anxiety ridden knowing that Absolutely. sadly and terribly they're going to die. I don't want to talk about it as a publicly traded company or because I don't want it to sound exploitive, but I will tell you that that is sort of how the path to cannabis opened up within Canada too. There was grounds that they permitted cannabis for end of care patients as well, and termally ill patients. And then we saw how that road got paved after that as you know, so, so listen, will Canada maybe have uh, more of a, a, a way to look into this for, for common day everyday use uh, on top of what they've already permitted just recently? I think they will, I really do.
0: Let's go back to team now. Thanks And thanks for giving us that landscape. That's amazing, Todd. Let's go back to team. The second component of why I think you guys are so serious. And by the way, you added in a third component, your philosophy of steady, slow, measured growth before you run. That's the antithesis of the typical small cap, whether it's cannabis, psychedelics, everyone wants, everyone has this, let me run into it, let me get big, let me get a big share price appreciation. And they all, and they've all pretty much fallen flat on their faces, right? So I love the fact that you've even got the philosophy, that's the antithesis of that how much is that just to
1: interrupt here we you know we our last reported of a corporate update call it a couple of weeks ago we said unaudited we had about 6.8 million dollars to work with close to anyway that was a few weeks ago so those are those numbers then and and you know it's not we don't just have money to spend money i want to be aggressive we're getting the market we're doing things right i can tell you that much but be careful with your burn rate because money goes quick in this industry, man. In any oh, yeah. industry, as a, a small cap. So, yes, I, I appreciate you saying that. It's the antithesis to hopefully slow and steady and, 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 and incredible growth here while we're brand building. So that's very important to us.
0: Yeah, look, the investors you know, investors sometimes are guilty of wanting things to happen really fast and get really ripped. But that's just not the way it happens. But you know, if you try and do something fast, you're guaranteed to fall on your face. If you do something slow, steady, measured, professionally, uh, that's your best chance. It's not a guarantee, but your best chance for big success. How much of that comes from your team? Because I've been wanting to touch on that. And two people in particular, uh, Bruce Linton, right? Uh, former Canopy CEO and co-founder is, head of your, is the chair of your advisory board. And uh, Tony Clement, who's fed, who form, a former federal health minister. That also, that's the second pillar that tells me you guys are serious about what you're doing. What does Bruce bring to the table outside of the obvious? Obviously he's a heavyweight. We got that. But what does he, you know, inside the room, what does he bring to the table that gives you so much comfort, which would give your shareholders so much comfort?
1: Oh, for sure. Well, first off, Bruce is not just a face on the deck. Bruce is very active in helping this company grow. And he's very active with me quite candidly as well. We have a standing Monday phone call we go through the week's work, we you know, go over potential opportunities, potential uh, you know, market expansion, anything that we're working on. And I get Bruce's take on this stuff. Uh, the most important thing that I would say Bruce does for me and for the company is reminds us that if we put our head down and work and show growth and get revenues one day that your share price will follow he's very good at taking us away from focusing on maybe things that we shouldn't be focused on that distracts us from actually growing a business here and we're growing a business quite well with the production now in place that we talked about with product getting on shelves hopefully by mid-september so i think we're over we're, we're we're really oh you know we're we're over delivering and under-promising right now. Yep. I and think, I think that's too. what Bruce reminds me of uh, and, and wants us to do so well. And and listen, there's a there's there's a lot of great things that you know that yes, they say we got to be careful for selective disclosure, clearly. Um, but you know, we're we're working very hard behind the scenes. We're, you know, we don't want to just be kind of like this one trick pony here. And and clearly we know what it takes to increase shareholder value. And at the end of it, at the end of the day, it's got to be revenues within a company.
0: So this is our number one focus. Tony Clement, as your uh, as your special advisor as well, former uh, Canadian Health Minister, does he bring that credibility when you are approaching uh, governments and different people? That does he bring that credibility, and what does he do? What does he bring inside the room?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Tony and I also talk very often. Um, Tony and I talked for about months before about if he would consider coming on as an advisor. He wanted to make sure he did a complete deep dive uh, into psilocybin. He wanted to make sure he understood it better. He wanted to make sure it didn't come across as hypocritical to things he said in the past on, say, safe injection sites and heroin use and stuff like that, where, where, where he didn't uh, want those promoted. Uh, and again, I say it's dangerous to compare all drugs. And, you know, sometimes people will say, well, why did you bring Tony on? He was so against, you know, these safe injection sites. And I'll say, listen, if we're going to compare heroin and psilocybin, we got an issue here. Because if you look at some studies yeah. going on right now, they're even showing that psilocybin is being used to wean people off of heavy drugs and opioids and things like that. So he learned more about it. He definitely thought that this was a great opportunity. We spoke of those social movements earlier. He felt that there was going to be more social movements to, to a drug that anecdotally has been promoted so well and with responsible use has been Really helping people again. I'm not making those claims. This is just you can go and read a ton of this stuff easily online. And Tony, I think, thought that while he can't necessarily be our, um, you know, he can't be a lobby. He can't do the lobbying for us because there's a rule that when you leave Parliament, I think you have four or five year window there before he right. can lobby. But he can help advise on who to use. He can help, you know, with connections. He's got global connections of people on very important. Tony's been amazing with us, especially introducing us to two people I probably wouldn't have been able to, met before, uh, to meet, you know, based
0: on his experience. The one more name I want to bring up, and I'm not doing it for star power or celebrity power, but Russell Peters is also on your team. And, you know, mo- all of us know Russell Peters as a funny guy, comedian, Emmy Award winner, all that um, what role does he play where, where do you see him fitting in because we don't really know him as the businessman even though i'm certain he is uh what role is he going to be playing it's a great you know i love that you asked
1: yeah yeah yes that and i love the fact that even slid in there we don't really know him as the businessman you know what i love about russell no one knows he's a businessman he's sure, one of, of the more successful brilliant place, right yeah you see, he is such a brilliant businessman. So Russell works very closely with his brother, who's sort of his manager and his day-to-day operations of him being his business as his own entity. If you go back and look at 2013, I think, or 2014 Forbes highest paid comedian list, Russell Peters, yep. I think is like number three under Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. This is a guy who started a comedy career in Brampton. I mean, I remember him coming at school when I went to Seneca College for radio and TV after I graduated York. <laughs> And and he was there doing stuff in our little, like, you know, vestibule or whatever at the school or cafeteria. And, and meanwhile, now he's a global sensation. So when I look to people who I want to be a part of this team, I want the dream team of success in any sector. And for Russell to be able to grow his brand in a small cafeteria to sold out stadiums across the planet, I mean, that's growth, that's global growth. And that's exactly what what we want with this brand and Red Light Holland. So we pick his brain. How do you get to other markets? How do you attract other markets? How do you captivate other markets? Um, How do we work with branding and brand appeal and merchandise and website design? Creatively, he's been amazing for us. And it's something he knows, uh, I'd say, extraordinarily well.
0: And, you know, by the way, we're one degree of separation there between us because my childhood best friend, Dennis Cormillas co-authored his autobiography. Pretty so cool. Pretty cool. And,
1: and and I'll just add one more thing, George. You know, we already got mentioned through him going on the Joe Rogan experience. He talked about Red Light Hall in numerous times on the Joe Rogan experience. I mean, this is the most heavily downloaded and, and watched podcast, uh, I, I think, on the planet. I think it's got to be number one, at least number one or number two. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that kind of exposure, you can't put a price on it. It's,
0: it's just unreal. He does bring that brute force marketing to the company as well at the end of the day, right? I mean, just one mention from him. I don't know how many followers he has, but obviously there are millions million, on Instagram Four million. million
1: in his, yeah, sorry to interrupt. He's got 4 million in his network, I believe. And, and the thing with Russell, he's real about it. Russell hasn't used psilocybin before. Russell wants to grow like the average individual to learn about that with us. If we just put someone who knows and just speaks it, he, you know, he or she might not speak the language or someone who's a rookie to it or new to it or is maybe fearful of it. Russell wants to grow with us and grow and learn about the product as we all do. And that's what I love about him. He doesn't try to BS anybody or pretend to know something he doesn't know. And he's excited to explore learning more about psilocybin, even through personal use, which is what we were hoping to do before COVID hit, which was get him to the Netherlands and sort of document what, what
0: you know, his experiences oh. on it. Um, and that will still happen down the road. Yeah, that'll happened happen to be pushed back a few months, but that's and you're building for the long term. So that's you know, those are the names that we all know, right? Bruce Linton, Tony Clement, Russell Peters. Last name I want to talk about, though, is your president. Uh people don't know him, but he's the one that's really, you know, kind of steering the ship day to day as far uh, you know, what's what's this what's so special about him? I mean, he's got a really great career. Uh, and and in the space, and you know, uh, what does it mean for Hans to be running the company?
1: Yeah, Hans Derek is first and foremost just a really nice guy. <laughs> I mean, Dutch native, uh, really hard worker, a lot of energy, and um, he's really believes in in helping humans. He you know he loves to, he used to be a part of a counseling and rehabilitation clinics, not with truffles, but that's just sort of was his core focus on life, helping people through uh, you know come over addiction problems, things like this. And Hans is living in Horst. He's you know, very close to where our facility is, clearly he speaks the language. He's opened up so many doors to us. And you know, we're a big Canadian conglomerate kind of coming in a smaller country, right? And, and we didn't want anyone to fear us because we're in the capital corporate side of yeah. things. We wanted people to look at us as being true and being honest and being genuine about how we want to approach this product. And like I said earlier, we introduced ourselves to a lot of different competitors to say like, we're coming here. Maybe we can collab, maybe we can work together. Maybe we can help brand the truffle industry because we have a lot of capital behind us. Maybe we cannot highlight magic truffles far more than anybody, most people have ever heard. Most people have heard magic mushrooms. They haven't even really heard of the magic truffle. So you know we said we're here to elevate this entire industry with you all and Hans has opened up those doors is working on distribution channels is you know setting up our facility working with the construction workers he's just really a big part of it. We're running a very lean ship. He even helps with, des- Hans, I think, designed that in the background with Russell's help. And, uh, you know, we didn't even hire a, uh, you know, a, a, a graphics company to save money. Like Hans did it before he went to bed. So these are the types of things that Hans brings to the table. And that's what we're proud of at Red Light and Tight burn rates, great team collaborative effort on, on bringing everything to life here from really a concept about, uh, I guess, when we started doing our raise in, in November, December of last year. And uh, we've, we've made big, big, big waves here. You know, we're, we're making a big splash into the scene.
0: Yeah, and I thought that was a brilliant move, right? Uh, Hire on Hans, who's, who lives right there. For experience aside, he's a Netherlands native, right? If you came in with a whole team of Canadians and George is the president, you know, you're gonna have people really back up and have their uh, backs up against the wall that's quite disarming and and it sounds like you guys have made great collaboration so look there's so much more we could talk about right we could talk about it for an hour but I think that's a good place to kind of end our first one we got this great you know great picture of, of red light Holland and uh it sounds like we're gonna have a lot more to talk about if you're gonna be hitting the shelves if you're hoping to be hitting the shelves shelves in September then we're gonna have a lot more to talk about I really want to thank you for being on with us today Todd
1: Thank you very much, George. We really appreciate your support. And uh, I can't wait to watch back uh, this whole thing because we got the cool logo in the background. It's the first time I've ever done this. Thank you, man.
0: It is pretty cool. Trip Uh, on the uh,
1: CSE, TRIP, CSE, Canadian Securities Exchange. And, uh, you know, uh, have a look. And if anyone has any questions for me, email me my name and numbers on every press release we've ever put out, so uh, it's easy to get access to me.
0: Hey, when a CEO gives you that kind of universal access, uh, and that kind of transparency, then guys, you know, you've got to infer from that that he's very confident in where the company is going because people who aren't confident and want to hide don't give you access, right? That's a natural inference in human, in human character. So uh, I think that's great that, that you said that, you said that, Todd. So for everyone at home, you've, you've watched what Todd had to say, or if you've been listening by uh, podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, et cetera, you've listened to what he's had to say. Now is your time to do some due diligence. Get to Agoracom, punch in the company's name or stock symbol because there's a lot of information to absorb today. We know that. The profile section there has this all really nicely laid out for you so you can reabsorb it, really understand it. Then get over to the company's website and do some more due diligence because I think you may have discovered your next great small cap company inside of a paradigm-shifting industry of psilocybin in the psychedelic space. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Don't say we didn't tell you so. Do your due diligence. Have a great day. See you next time.